Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Recipe for a Good Wedding, episode 25. In this episode, Toby and I started by talking about the importance of choosing high-quality ingredients when preparing a traditional meal for a religious observance, and then got to talking about making perfect brownies. Quite naturally, the analogy of cooking and planning a wedding arose. We discussed examples of the responsibility of the bridal party being in support of the bride on her wedding day, and how this ties into the subjects of the grand entrance and protocol dancing, and how a bride can diplomatically garner the help of her wedding party. And finally, we discussed examples of how robots were used to assist a wedding. I'll let you draw the corollary between choosing the right ingredients when preparing a meal and choices which result in a successful wedding. And now please enjoy Recipe for a Good Wedding. A wedding is a recipe. Ooh. Okay. It is a, oh, I really hope this one works. It is a recipe for happiness and and love and what goes into that recipe everybody brings their own ingredients it's it's a team effort i'm talking about everyone now yeah not just the vendors if any right if anyone or anything is sour or is not prepared properly, mm-hmm. then it affects the outcome. So I know that when I make a sponge cake, which is rare, if my spring pan isn't fitting well, it could leak out, okay? And if the temperature of the oven You know when they always say preheat the oven? Mm -hmm. And once in a while, I just put whatever I'm baking in, even if it hasn't reached that magical 350 or 375, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be the same. Right. Unless you let the oven get to where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like when somebody does a little bit of a shortcut. Not terrible. Maybe they stripped the roses, but they didn't wire them as tightly and neatly as they needed, so there was a little play in the flowers. Or maybe the musicians use their fake books for certain uh, standards and didn't consider maybe making a separate arrangement because the balance of the 
instruments isn't the same that was written in the in the fake book and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So incrementally, can you imagine if everyone did a little different recipe, a little different ingredient, wasn't the best, not the worst, but wasn't the best ingredient, that's going to affect the total outcome of that recipe. The product will not be the best it could be. So there's my... <laughs> You've convinced me we need to do a quick analogy. Definitely do. <laughs> And I, I, yes, frickin' frat. <laughs> when, you, when you look at all of the uh, tr- traditions and all of the um, mm-hmm. cultures, and mm-hmm. the one thing that people can agree on is food. There was a, uh, a post that I have sent out, I think, th- two years now, maybe three years now, um, uh, on around the holidays. You know, Christmas is where there's giving of gifts and there's family and food Um, Hanukkah is you know there's family and there's great food and there's gifts Mm -hmm. given in in this type Mm -hmm. of thing and and Kwanzaa and um, oh Ramadan Mm -hmm. all of these have the ingredients of of great food family you know and um, and and giving Mm -hmm. gifts I think we could all agree on food at least you know? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that that was my uh, the the point of that post was to uh, uh-huh. draw the um, the similarities that um, cultures have and traditions have. If we bring the best of ourselves, and that's really um, I think the the true ingredient of a successful event is that uh, people really are happy for the couple. Uh, mm-hmm. or are happy for the celebrant. It's just a, a birthday party or something. And they enjoy the company of each other. There's no infighting. They're there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. They want to catch up and they want to talk and they want to, you know, hug that person that they haven't seen in years. And they contribute. They, they, they bring, I think, the life. Yes, you could have all of these, you know, you could have physical things in the mm-hmm. room uh, I recall being at a at a club and uh, someone at the table who who knew me at this club was drinking wine and probably a, mm-hmm. a very very ex- exclusive expensive wine and they were putting gold flakes Wow. In the wine. And I don't think gold flakes necessarily makes wine taste any better. <laughs> but maybe they thought it looked more interesting. I don't know. Well, it was the idea. You know, when you, yeah. when you mentioned that you describe the ingredients and that this, yeah. is, this is grass-fed butter we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, that, that, that makes a difference. So, so yes, again, you know, I think people bringing their best to an event to support that person in that event. Some, sometimes it, I'm a little bit disappointed when I ask that the 
the bridal party couples support the bride and groom in their first dance, in their grand entrance. And so they, mm-hmm. bridal party couples come out, they're at the edge of the dance floor, and then the uh, bridal uh, bridal couple come out, and they get on the dance floor, and they're dancing. And they're not Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, you know, and they need some support <laughs> on the dance floor. Yeah. So at this time, will the bride and groom please join whether will the bridal party please join the bride yeah. and groom on the dance floor, and that just supports the yeah. the bride and groom, and we can complete that first dance, that three or four minute first dance when you're out yeah. there exposed all by yourself. No, get your bridal party out there. Well, I'm a little disappointed when I have heard brides say, "Well, you know, these people in the bridal party, they're really not." boyfriend and girlfriend or they're really not husband and wife and they're really not couples and so therefore you know they the the bridesmaids really don't want to dance with the groomsmen uh during that short very short time one song i'm talking about you know yeah 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 and i'm and i'm going well come on you know let's let's get in there and support the bride and groom and let's Let's have a good show, yeah. you know, for the, the grand entrance. Gee, you know, you bring up a very good point here, um, actually, because uh, I've gone through that same situation. And um, what it's usually called, if we want to label this, protocol dancing, mm. where there, if you want to adhere to the protocol, then you would need to have the couples come up. And it also includes how the parents get onto the dance floor and and all. And it's really funny because in recent years, it's unusual to see what we would say traditional protocol, which sometimes the couple would start dancing themselves, just like you said, and then they would invite the wedding party, then they would invite the parents of the bride, the parents of the groom, and they're all up there dancing. Okay. So especially when the couple are not dancers, just like you said, if they are dancers and they've, you know, they can move around the dance floor and they've choreographed, well, by all means, let them have their, their time in the, in the uh, sun. But I've had brides, I've even had bridesmaids come over to me during the rehearsal and and say, do we have to dance with our, <laughs> with, you know, our escorts, oh, essentially. Oh, come on. And they're just like, they're just in terror. I mean, <laughs> you could see their faces. And I get it when, when they're paired with someone where the woman, by the time she wears her three-inch heels is, you know, eating cherries off the top of the head of her escort, mm-hmm. she feels, you know, weird. And it's so funny because it all depends on what you're used to. If, if someone is, is so concerned about how they're going to appear to others, this is not the only indication Mm. that, you know, this one incident, this is probably a trait this person has in their Mm. life. Yes. Because I doubt that it would be isolated just this one time. So, 
I often would ask them, well, if you didn't dance with your escort, whom would you dance with? I just ask, you know, I mean, who, who would she rather dance with? Because many times they are married, but they're just paired with someone because the group, you know, the husband or wife are not emotionally connected to the bride and groom. And so they're not going to be a part of, of the uh, bridal party. So I said, so it seems weird to you to dance with anybody other than your husband. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, yeah, you know, and I am almost, I've never asked anyone this, like, are you afraid they'll be jealous? You know, I mean, I've never asked that, but you know, for one dance, really. So I often say to them, can you think of this as being a favor, a real favor to the bride and groom? There you go. So I take it off, try to take it off of the shoulders of, you know, I have to look and act like this, but a favor, something that is part of not your duties, but a favor. Mm -hmm. Because when you ask for a favor, you're really saying to somebody else, you know, I, I trust you. I need you. This is important to me. And sometimes they can take that hurdle of their self-consciousness away and allow themselves to say, okay, it's a favor for someone else. I can put aside my personal preferences and nature for someone else. Doesn't always work, <laughs> but it's it's an avenue. You no, know, that, to, I'll to bet to that works. That. That, that's deft handling there, I think, very much. Yeah, yeah. I think you're appealing yeah. to their their natural Better tendency nature. to to want to help. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, okay, I'll remember that. That's neat. Uh, <laughs> see, there's I, there's the diplomat know. again in you. You know. I, <laughs> So I think an important ingredient right away, you know, for this uh, wedding fudge that we're making is yes. you invite people who who like to help, who have a sense of responsibility, who would want to contribute to the yeah. uh, success of the event. Well, especially when it's your bridal party. You know, I don't know that we've really spoken about this. And if we have, it's been a while. So often people feel obligated to invite people that they have been in their wedding. So they feel um, that it's nice to acknowledge that and have them be a part of their wedding party. I've seen that in my own family. My, my daughter was a bridesmaid at least six times, if not more. And, I mean, it was wonderful, and she appreciated being selected uh, many times. 
but there, there, there was a good reason for it, and she was happy to do it. I imagine, and I've heard also from brides, you know, I feel like I have to have this person as a bridesmaid or a groomsman in the case of the groom. And we've, we've had these kinds of discussions where they feel because they went to college together and they were in a fraternity or a sorority that it was necessary, you know, to have them. Or they've known each other since, you know, the second grade and they had communion together and, you know, did so many different things to together from childhood that not to have them in the bridal party would seem odd or have a signal to the rest of the guests who were close to them that there was a drift or some problem. In reality, there was a drift, not a bad one, not caused by a disagreement, but I just mean a rift life. or a... Or, or- a rift. rift. Did I say drift? Uh, I rift. meant rift. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I just <laughs> want to make sure wh- I knew which way the tide We're was going. We're on the That's same. Fine. Yes. Well, they drifted apart or there was a they rift. Drift. Whatever which there way. There was a rift. And therefore a drift. <laughs> right. after the. Okay, good. All right. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you. So, in other words, you know, do you deny the truth? The, uh, because you just assume they you know, would want to be in the wedding, or do you take it upon yourself to be truthful and, or just open with your feelings? I don't know about truth, but just open with your feelings <laughs> and, and approach them, because the truth, you know, <laughs> is, is perception, you know, as Dr. Phil says. So... Anyway, long story short, uh, I had a situation where I suggested that the the bride talk to the potential uh, bridesmaid just to find out her feelings. In other words, they hadn't talked in probably five years. That's a long time oh, in a young person's life. Sure. And so to reconnect and just to see if the friendship has any warmth uh-huh. still uh-huh. because there are friends that we have for a lifetime that we talk to infrequently or we have spurts and and then we don't talk or do anything for years and come back and you don't care mm-hmm. you really care for that person but you shouldn't assume in other words because you don't know financially where they are at this point it could be a burden for them to be a bridesmaid because that's an expensive sure. Good. Uh, dedication of funds yeah. for for one event. Could be. Or maybe their family situation has changed or whatever. So it was funny. In this one situation, what ended up happening is the bride called her friend and she said, you know... I'm getting married and I was trying to figure out who would want to be a bridesmaid instead of saying I want you to be a bridesmaid she said 
I wanted to find out of my friends who would really want to be. Mm. And I hope it would be mutual. But I understand if life has changed for you and you would rather be a guest rather than taking on the responsibility and the commitments that go along with being a bridesmaid. So she gave her old friend every opportunity to decide whether it was a good idea for her without feeling like she was disappointing or it was expected or anything like that. And we had discussed it. I didn't give her the exact words, but I had, you know, suggested that she doesn't come from, oh, gee, I I really want you to be, you know, a bridesmaid, but rather, you know, just discuss it if it was going to work for both of them. And it turned out that, you know, she had had a child and um, her husband had to travel a lot for work and she wasn't able to work like she used to. And it would be a financial burden for her. And But she would still like to come to the wedding. And the bride was gracious enough because she picked up on all of the things that she was saying. is And she made a, an effort to say, you know, your presence is my gift, my wedding gift. So, I mean, would you want anything nicer than that to happen? You know, truly, because the friend felt safe enough that she could be honest with her. Um, and the, the bride obviously was sincere in the way that she approached it. It was natural. And they both felt safe enough to be able, you know, to say what was really on their minds. Now, that's two mature people. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. There are times when you have someone who is expecting to be a bridesmaid or a groomsman and is not asked immediately and finds out that some other person has been asked before, or maybe they're one of the last ones. I mean, it has nothing to do with whether they're going to be. It's the order in which they have been asked, which can set fireworks. So I'm telling you, it's like I get questions like, well, what do I do? I never anticipated that it would mean anything that I asked Jack to be my groomsman and he was number six of eight and he expected to be number two behind my brother because we have known each other since we were 10 years old regardless of the fact that you know we talk infrequently and don't do things but in that person's mind in the protocol of his experience that age and time of knowing someone what you know should come first before time spent 
in recent years. So it can go to many different levels than what most people would, on the top of their head, would think. And so in dealing not only with that recipe for a good time, the ingredients, if a couple can sit down and between them decide, you know, who they want for their wedding party and decide, are there any sensitivities? Are there any issues that we should discuss before we approach our wedding party? Do you see any conflicts? Do you see anything that might make a difference in the composition and how we approach them, what we expect of them? Because you can go on and look in etiquette books and they're going to tell you, well, the best man, you know, picks up all of the uh, rental uh, tuxes or suits or whatever they're going to wear. But you know, in today's world, it is so different. I mean, you can order a suit to be made. It, you know, it depends if everyone's going to be matching. It depends for women if they're going to rent their, their dresses or they're going to buy them. There are so many options. And I my heart goes out to couples these days because just like we've talked many times, there, it is more complicated, possibly, to have a wedding today because of all these options. So the protocols have changed. There's, I've uh, been listening, as you know, to the podcasts of Clint Huff and J.P. Reynolds, both officiants, uh, uh, and they they talk about how things have changed for the ceremony and the wedding party. And one wedding had a robot, you know, one of these, uh, well, it was an iPad size little monitor attached to a moving apparatus and the bridesmaid could not, one of them could not be in the wedding. And so this um, robot took the place and on the screen was the bridesmaid's face. And also people have used these bots so that if they are not in the wedding, they can see the wedding remotely as well. It can work both ways. So, I mean, go try and put that one in protocol. <laughs> you know, it's just remarkable. I was fortunate enough to be invited to a lovely lunch um, by Carmen, who is the director of catering over at the uh, new Sheraton uh, in um, east uh, San Gabriel uh, Valley and as you enter the hotel our 
are two bots. And they are dressed in tuxedos, I have to tell you. The bot, uh, not fabric-wise, but uh, decal-wise, looks like a gentleman's tuxedo. And the screen, uh, you start just playing around and you can tell them, tell the bot where you'd like to go and the bot will take you there. And once the bot delivers you to the ballroom, it will return by itself back to its appointed area in the lobby. And also the hotel has gondolas, which is a name that we give to where you put your luggage on and it rolls around to the rooms. Well, these particular luggage gondolas are programmed and you can put in the floor and the room and it will go on the elevator with you and get off because you tell it what floor and what room and it will take you to the room. Now, does it sing opera? <laughs> I haven't asked it to do that yet. <laughs> okay, right. That could be programmed, I'm sure. Probably, probably. But yeah, but, I mean, wow. I'm telling you. <laughs> Things are changing. And so that's one of the reasons I must tell you that I, I am comforted in a strange way by having these electronic uh, devices. And I'm a person-to-person kind of gal, so it would sound probably incongruous for me to say that I would like to be greeted by a bot. Uh, not more than a person, obviously, but I'm not, in t- I'm, I'm not put off by it. Because, and here's a plug again, for prepared, in essence, we are trying to give couples the help they need, and it's electronically done for them, but only in certain ways, meaning you can never replace a, a planner or coordinator Uh, to give you certain types of advice. What these wonderful electronic devices do is give us options and direction and choices and act as a funnel to making a better recipe for us personally. Meaning, if it's catered. In other words, the bot in the hotel has several languages. So, and the the hotel does cater to Asian uh, clients often. So, they have several Asian dialects within the bot along mm-hmm. with English and French mm-hmm. or whatever. So, prepared is kind of like that in the sense, okay, depending on your personality and your traits and your wants and needs, desires, attitudes, behaviors, 
the whole soup, so to speak. And if you can have someone take that and adjust it and focus it to more than, you know, what you need, then it gets you off to a a better start. Or maybe it picks you up halfway point and kind of clarifies things for you so that the rest of the planning goes a little smoother. Or even toward the end and you say, oh my heavens, I, I have paperwork to get through. I've got to send all these things out. And it becomes a vehicle to transport that information to everybody that needs it without having to write separate emails and, and worry, did someone pick it up or not? Because you can tell. So there, right. there are a lot of benefits if we will always keep in mind that what we feed into those bots, that they are not to replace people, but they are to enhance. Because to expect to have find somebody who speaks eight dialects, that's hard. Not impossible, but it is difficult. But how nice for someone to come in and be able to at least get to where they're going or have simple questions answered so they feel a little bit more welcome, a little bit more secure. And so that's kind of how I look at it. So hopefully we've got good recipe today for information for everybody. Absolutely. Well, it was yummy. It was tasty, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, and it didn't cost me any calories. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, this is high in moral fiber and fat-free. <laughs> You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com that's t-o-b-e-y at p-r-e-p-a-i-r-e-d dot com subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week thank you for listening